I'd like to invite you for the next few minutes to view Christ's crucifixion, his death and his resurrection through the eyes of one person who was present at each of those events during the three days of Christ's crucifixion, death and resurrection. Mary Magdalene was a follower of Christ. She was one of the women who was assisting Jesus and the disciples in their ministry. The Bible records in Luke 8 that Mary had experienced Christ's healing power when he cast out seven demons that were in her. Mary Magdalene loved Jesus because Jesus had loved her. Jesus had changed her life. Jesus had given her life back to her. And this she never forgot. She had seen how kind he was to others. She had seen how compassionate he was to others. She had seen how he had healed and raised the dead. And so Mary had committed herself to be a follower of Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 27, we read that Mary was with the group of women who were watching from a distance as Jesus hung on the cross. I believe that Mary's hopes and dreams, just like the disciples and the other followers, that Jesus would re-establish Israel, her hopes in that, like theirs, had all been crushed. They'd been destroyed as she looks up and sees Jesus hanging on the cross. And I believe today that our hopes should be crushed by the cross. Our hopes of pride, our hopes of selfishness, our hopes of works need to be crushed by the same cross that Mary looked up at as well. As Mary is standing there, I believe she hears the centurion soldier a non-believer saying, surely this must be the Son of God. Mary would have also heard the church leaders scoffing and criticising and calling for Jesus to come down from the cross. I don't believe Mary realised that those church leaders were full of the demonic powers of Satan at that time. They were calling for Christ to come down from the cross. This was the last temptation of Christ. Satan was trying his best to get him down from the cross because he knew if he could get him down from the cross, he had won. And yet God in his love for you and I was willing to stay on the cross. He could have called a legion of angels. He could have come down and made all of those men and women who were scoffing at him really pay. But if he had done that, God's existence in our life would be gone. would be left to our own destruction. And I believe as Mary stood there at the foot of the cross, she heard Jesus say, It is finished. She heard the words of Christ saying, It is finished. His redeeming act was finished. 
Peter in 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 19 and 20 records that Jesus was the perfect lamb that was chosen before the creation of the world. Even before they started to create the world, Jesus had been chosen to die on our behalf. That's how much love he had. And Jesus said, it is finished. What amazing love that he had, that he was willing to come and give his life for us. You know, we can read throughout the history that people do give their lives for other people. They suffer punishment, they suffer torture, they suffer affliction, and they do give their lives for other people to survive. But the difference with Jesus Christ is this is God. God willing to give his life for us. When Jesus said it is finished, he was saying he had fulfilled completely the requirements of the law. In Matthew 5, chapter 17, he says, I come to fulfill the law. In Romans 8, verses 3 and 4, God sent his son so that the, Lord may, the law may be fully met in us through him. So when God, Jesus said, it is finished, he was saying, I've completed all that for you. When Jesus said it is finished, he is saying the distance between you and God is finished. I'm pulling down the curtain and the curtain in the temple was pulled apart and you and I could move directly into the presence of God. That separation had finished. Hebrews 4.16 says, We now can come boldly to the throne of God. And when Jesus said it is finished, he was saying to you and I, the work that we try and do, the work that we try and endeavour to do to get into the presence of God, to get into the eternal kingdom, you don't have to worry about that anymore. I've done it all for you. You can now rest in me because that is finished. It's now Friday afternoon. Jesus is dead. All has been fulfilled as preached and taught and spoken of throughout the Old Testament. But where is his disciples? Where are those men that said they would never leave him? Where are those who said they would never die and they would never forsake him, but they'd in fact die for him? They're not to be found anywhere. But who is watching as Nicodemus and Joseph take the body of Jesus and place it in the tomb? There, once again, was Mary. She is sitting there, frightened, fearful, discouraged, but she watches as the body of Jesus is put in the tomb. It's now Sabbath, and all the followers of Christ are in their homes with the doors locked. They are fearful of the Jewish leaders. They are fearful of what would happen to them. I can imagine how Mary feels that Sabbath. I don't think anyone was going to her and saying, Happy Sabbath. In fact, it was probably the darkest Sabbath that she had ever experienced. And yet, it should have been the happiest Sabbath. 
if she only understood what Jesus had just done. If she only understood what he was presently doing while in that tomb, and if she only understood what was about to happen the very next day, it would have been the happiest Sabbath for her. But at that point in time, it was certainly not the happiest Sabbath. What was so significant about Jesus Christ resting on the Sabbath day? I believe we need to go back to creation, where God had finished creating. And the Bible tells us in Genesis that God stopped and rested on the Sabbath day. He didn't rest because he was weary. He didn't rest because he was worn out from all his work. He rested because there was nothing left to do. He rested because everything that he created was perfect. He rested because nothing needed repairing. He rested because nothing needed to be revised or made right again. Everything was complete and perfect. There was nothing else for him to do. Jesus rested on the tomb on that Sabbath day because he had just recreated this world. There was nothing left for him to do. Everything was made perfect again. Everything was good again. There was nothing that needed to be done by you or I because he had done it all. His job of recreation was complete. And so he rested in that tomb as acknowledgement again that he has recreated this world. Nothing else needed to be done except for you and I to believe in him. As Hebrews 4 states, the author there says that unfortunately some people, some followers of God never enter that rest. They're still trying to do it themselves. They're still trying to attain it themselves. They haven't allowed the cross to crush them. But Jesus, as he rested on that Sabbath day, is saying to you and I, enter my rest. Rest with me. You don't have to do it. I've done it all for your sake. Mary could not understand that. And for some of us, we don't understand how we can rest completely in Jesus Christ. That is believe. That is why I believe he stayed in that tomb all that Sabbath day to teach us to rest in him because he has recreated everything perfectly. It's now Sunday. And Mary and the other ladies rush to the tomb. But their grief and their shock, uh, the grief and their sorrow soon turns to shock and to surprise. Where was the Lord? What had they done with him? Arriving at the tomb, Mary has not yet got into this concept of rejoicing in the resurrection. She has not recognised the Lord. If we do not recognise the Lord, then we cannot rejoice. If we don't know 
the Lord. Like Adam said, we cannot rejoice. The Apostle John records that Mary thought Jesus was the gardener and asked him, where have you taken the Lord? And look at what Mary said. This is Mary's love for Jesus. She says, I will go and get him. Can you imagine this lady going and finding the dead body of Jesus and bringing her back, him back to the tomb? That's how much of a love that she had for Jesus Christ. It then says that Jesus turns and said, Mary. Jesus turns and says, Mary. Jesus knew her name. And at once Mary knew that it was Jesus, her Lord and Saviour. Have we searched for? Have we longed for? Have we cried for? Jesus just like Mary did. And do we hear Jesus say our name? We must listen to Jesus because he knows our name and he will say our name if we listen to him. Well, Sunday has now come and Mary begins to rejoice in the resurrection. Sadness, fear, confusion are now all turning to rejoicing because once again Mary is connected to her Lord. The Bible records in Matthew 28, 8, that when the women ran from the tomb, they were still frightened, yes, but they were also filled with great joy and they rushed to tell the other disciples. When God calls our name, when we experience the goodness of the risen Lord, do we rush to share that with somebody else? Or do we rush back to the pleasures of life, the things that bring us joy, the comfort, the pleasures, the things that take us really away from God? Mary was so excited she rushed to share with other people. Pray that we can rush to share the good news of the risen Lord on this Easter weekend. Sunday has now come and Jesus appears to his frightened disciples. There they are in a room with the doors locked and Jesus appears to them. I can imagine Peter moving straight away over to this corner, Hiding in the shadows, getting out of the presence. This is Jesus. This is the guy that I said I would die for, but I just denied a few days ago. This is Jesus that I ran away from. I reckon Peter would have really felt embarrassed. But Jesus shares with them his hands and his side, and it says there in John 20 that they were filled with joy. You know, as we know later on, Peter goes back fishing, but Jesus reinstates Peter when he cooks him a meal on the side of the, uh, the, the lake that time. 
And it's interesting to note that when you read the books that Peter writes, 1 John and 2 John, the very first chapter that Peter writes about, he writes about the goodness of the hope in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. How that must have made him feel that he's alive again. I just can't believe how the difference of feeling that that man would have experienced from the day he denied Christ to the day he saw him alive in that room. Well, it's unfortunate that Mary Magdalene only experienced joy on the Sunday after seeing Christ alive. She was fearful and sad on the Friday and the Saturday. Her fear and sadness, however, changed to overflowing joy when she saw Jesus on the Sunday. Over this Easter weekend... Let's not just rejoice about the fact we're having a holiday. Let's not just rejoice about the fact that we get some chocolate Easter eggs. Let us not just rejoice about the fact that we get some hot cross buns. But over this Easter weekend, let us be joyful about the cross on Friday that brings salvation. Over this Easter weekend, let us... Be rejoicing and joyful about the fact that on Saturday Jesus rested to show to you and I that he has done everything perfect again. And all we need to do is rest in him. Over this Easter weekend, let us rejoice and be joyous about the resurrection of Jesus on Sunday which shows to all of us that he has conquered sin and death forever. Mary Magdalene's life was changed through her encounters with Jesus Christ. Her sadness turned to joy. I hope and trust that over this weekend, that your life, as it is changed by the presence of God, that you will experience that joy that overflowing joy that she experienced. And I pray that you, as you spend time with Jesus Christ, that you will hear him say your name. Just as Jesus said, Mary. He knew her name. And I pray that he knows each of our names here as well as we continue to worship him, as we continue to grow in our love for him, and we experience the joy of not only his death, not only of his rest, but of his resurrection as well. Let's just bow our heads. Father God, we just want to thank you so much that you chose a beautiful and perfect lamb before you even began the foundations of this world. What great love you have lavished upon us. Jesus, we just thank you that you were willing to stay on the cross because you loved us so much. We just want to thank you for your beautiful rest that you give as we just give our lives completely over to you, as we allow the cross to crush the self out of us and allow us to rest completely in what you have done. We thank you, Jesus, for what you did by raising on that Sunday and defeating sin and death for all times. 
We thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing the presence of God, the presence of Jesus into our lives. And may you continue to dwell within us. May we continue to grow in knowing you and that you know us and that springs of living water can flow from us into the lives of other people and the love of Jesus Christ and his goodness can minister to other people as we come in contact with them each day. We thank you for your blessing and your goodness. We thank you for what you have done for us over this beautiful Easter weekend. We pray for Christ's sake. Amen.